When I started to look into doing a podcast, I knew I had a lot to share and say, and I wanted to do it in an audio format. I was a little intimidated, not going to lie, about how I was going to go about recording and editing and distributing and all those things because technology is not my strong suit. Naturally, I can learn things. And so uh, when I started to take webinars and ask questions on Facebook and other platforms, I decided that Anchor was the best way to go. It's been a bit of a one-stop shop for me. I can record all of my episodes. I can edit them. It's been really nice because it's free. And when I started to do a podcast, it was, okay, how am I going to rebuild my practice? I had to close my practice down because of COVID, federal mandate. So how was I going to rebuild things? How was I going to give myself something to do because this defines me what i do it defines me so i really needed an outlet and the budget was like nothing so having this free option has been great um i am recording on my laptop but i can also record on my phone if i decide that's a way to go or maybe i don't have my laptop on me and so that's pretty exciting to know i can do it from there too um, they also take and distribute to various apps for people to listen on, which again, that is taking one stressor away from me so I can focus on my content. And if it's something you'd like to do, if you have something you'd like to say, I can't recommend it enough um, for somebody who's a newbie and starting out. And I, I feel like even if I wasn't, you know, new at this, if I was, it's been something I've been doing for a while, I would still like this platform because of the ease of everything. So if it is something you'd like to look into, you can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, that's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. Welcome to The Infinite Dance. I'm your host, Carrie Arata. Welcome back to all of you that have been joining me here week after week, or maybe you binged because now there's quite a few episodes to get into and if you're new to the infinite dance i'm so happy you're here welcome to you today's episode is going to be in the form of a story and i'm going to talk about a trait that i feel like all of us are going to be involved with in some way shape or form in our lifetimes with relationships of of many kinds and that's a narcissist and narcissism it's no fun at all if you've ever been in a relationship with a narcissist whether it's your significant other or a parent or a friend or a boss or co-worker it's awful to feel like you're always trying to like prove something that's obvious 
or your truth even, which maybe isn't obvious to someone, but if someone says, oh, no, no, I like red, I don't like blue, and the other person says, well, why don't you like blue? You should like blue, something like that, then that's your truth, and then, you know, what you say is, that's you, that's you, that's who you are. There's nothing to argue about. But a narcissist will, if uh, you know what I'm talking about, and you've been through that. Um... I wanted to share this story, my stories with you, um, so that you know you're not alone. And also to know I've been hearing a lot of people over and over again describe relationships they're in, and they're at the confusion. They're at that, that part where they're like, yeah, there's something off, you know? This is part's good and that part's good, but then there's, there's this, you know, we, we, I try to talk about this or that, and I'm told I'm arguing or I'm shut down. Um, so giving people a way to start to notice it so that they could then make a choice. Do I wanna work with this person and work with a narcissistic behavior and see if they'll get help? Or am I gonna pull away and just not even be in the relationship anymore at all because it's too much? And a lot of times a narcissist won't be willing to change or look into, okay, how, how can I do this differently or, you know, step back and reflect a little bit because they do lack empathy. That's one of the big things that they, they lack a, a sense of empathy. Um, I'm not going to go into a ton of traits of narcissists because you can look that up online and I am not a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I'm just going to share with you my personal experience of having somebody blame me or shame me or gaslight me, make me feel confused about what my a truth is, a general truth or my personal truth. Um, a lot of times you feel um, emotionally neglected, like you'll say something and then they won't respond or they'll just skip over it. It'll, and there's a ton of backhanded compliments. I mean, to the point where, you know, if somebody's really overt, meaning they're kind of really outward with their narcissism, you know, you'll hear it and then other people around you will hear it. And at first I thought I was almost wearing, like, I, if you're a narcissist, come near me. Like, I had some kind of badge on me, right? <laughs> like, all right, here I am. Uh, come manipulate me. Come gaslight me. Because I was after I realized what was going on in my relationship that I was in, it's a, a partner, so a significant other relationship that I was in for 14 years, I came across all kinds of other narcissists in all these other ways in my life. But I really think it's instead of it being feeling like a badge, um, which I think there was some of that too, but I really feel like the universe was like, okay, here's what it looks like as a friend. Here's what it looks like as a coworker or a boss. Here's what it, look, it looks like as a colleague. Um, here's what it looks like, you know, when you go into uh, the shop and you see the, the gal at the front desk, right? So I was being presented with all the different scenarios of how it will look and being able to spot it. Oh, yeah. I know that behavior. I know I know that feeling, right? Because it, it definitely triggers a feeling um, in you. And I really believe right now, as we're 
ascending and part of the ascension process coming into a 5d conscious consciousness is having these types of things come to light you're going to start to see them or you're going to start to be able to go oh yeah that's what's happening there i i can see that now so this is all a part of this process. So I, I feel like I'm going to keep, and we're going to, excuse me, we're all going to keep hearing more of this from our friends, from our colleagues, from our coworkers saying, well, so-and-so did this. And you're, and you're, you're going to be surprised to hear, or maybe, you know, like, wow, that person was blatantly gaslighting this other person. Or, you know, a, a lot of times there's physical abuse, not every time. Um, but there'll be physical abuse. And you're like, wow, what, what, you know, um, they did what to you in public. And so, but you know, a lot of times when we find ourselves and we start to realize these traits were like, I had a friend say balls deep in the relationship, you're committed, you're, you know, I love you's get exchanged and there's this connection so it's it's not like it's really easy to go oh that's so crappy i'm just gonna walk away it's like well that was crappy but hey let's let's try to work this out or let's like do, do you need to actually do that maybe you cannot do that um because for, for someone like me i always think everybody has good intentions i know but that's my that's my personality i always think, oh, why would somebody want to be manipulative? Why would somebody want to be um, negative first or argumentative when they, you know, could be not discussing. I mean, there's always good discussions, but, you know, negating your truth is, is more what I'm, I'm getting to with argumentative um, and acting like you shouldn't have one or there's something wrong with it or you should feel bad about it and your instincts, forget those. Right. So. Without any further ado, I am going to go into two main um, experiences I had um, one as a partner. So boyfriend, um, we were never married, but we acted like a married couple. We bought a home together, had a business together, um, things like that, um, you know, I'm extremely intuitive. Uh, if, if you know of this podcast or if you've looked into my background, you know, that's what I do. <laughs> I do psychic readings and um, I've always been really in tune with the other realms and then myself and my instincts. And, you know, there was always, I was always argued with about how I felt. And even when I was sick. And that's where it was like, are you kidding me? I, I can't, I, I look back at so many times where I was not feeling well, you know, I got the flu. Um, or, you know, I didn't get the flu very often in that time. But I, so I can remember when I would get, you know, when I did get the flu and how he would just argue about getting me what I needed or um, how I needed to be to try to feel better. I mean, it was just like, oh my God, are you kidding? Um, and I, I, when I look back at when I first realized, okay, what's he doing? It was after we had moved from 
Northern California to Colorado. We had met in Northern California and in Sebastopol, California, and we were talking about trying to buy a home. And I think we were together about three and a half years at that point. And all the homes in the area were median, you know, like the median going rate was like $400,000 and it was a fixer upper, meaning like a floor was missing in one of the rooms. Like there was a hole and we're like, okay, this is kind of not good. So we started to look into Colorado. He was from Colorado. So, okay, let's check out Colorado. And lo and behold, you know, houses were significantly less, you know, five-year-old home for $165,000. Hey, that's that's a lot more affordable for a first time home buyer. Um, this was back in like 2005. And so we were living in Colorado. We were living in a small town in Southern Colorado, Montrose, and we had no friends there. I mean, you know, we moved and had no friends, so we didn't know anybody. We were new to the town and he started working right away. Um, probably like maybe two, three weeks to a month after we moved, found a job and the job that he got, uh, uh, he was a chef at, turned out to be the restaurant we ended up um, buying. And he, um, we talked about it. We were talking about, because this is a dream we had both had. We had both talked about, well, wouldn't it be great to have a restaurant? You know, you're a great chef. I love people. I love working with people. Um, and I really love really good food at that point, especially coming from Northern California and the, the Sonoma County. And uh, we talked about buying this restaurant. And I said, you know, after we had slept about I slept on it or whatever and came back and I said, you know, I know this is a dream of ours, but this something about this doesn't feel right. You know, just I'm, I'm getting a bad feeling about the longevity of it. And because we thought, well, if we don't want to stay in Montrose, because we were still kind of on the fence about, you know, a small town and we didn't know anybody and things like that, that we could maybe just move to Denver and we'll be in a city and we could, you know, bring the restaurant up there. So when I had told him my concerns, he said, you know, I, I really kind of, I'm going to do this whether you want to do it or not. And, you know, I didn't even think about that house that we purchased was in his name. And the reason why we put it in his name only was because he said I had bad credit. And I, my credit wasn't terrible. It wasn't like, you know, screaming high. But so there was always something wrong, you know, with, with who I was or what I was all about. And he said, you know, I'm going to do this whether you want to or not. And I said, it's not going to go well. Um, and sure enough, we had to walk away. We did end up uh, leasing to buy uh, this restaurant and it was during the recession and we ended up having to walk away. We closed the doors and we walked away. Um, there was just nothing going on in that town at the time. And you know, not to say I told you so, but I kind of said there's probably going to be a major problem. And, you know, to have something maybe not work out or, okay, we could resell it. That's, you know, okay, that happens. But to have, actually have to just walk away, you know, put your hands up and walk away and um, 
that was that was kind of that was extremely devastating and we ended up actually foreclosing on our home and that could have been a different choice i i think even though it was a what it was a recession but again i kind of went along with what you know he was going with and it was a devastating time. I mean, to, to lose something you'd put, you know, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into and did enjoy. I mean, I really enjoyed being a restaurant owner. It's not for everybody. Um, if you think, oh, I'm just going to, you know, easy peasy have a restaurant. I mean, unless it is in your blood, which my great-grandparents did own a restaurant and or somebody is extremely passionate and extremely good at cooking, like skip it. It's not, it's just not for everybody. Or you have a, you know, a endless amount of money that you have access to because it just goes. But anyways, back to the narcissistic behavior. So, you know, my career path was never good enough for him either. I, when we had met, I had just been certified to be an acupressure therapist and then I ended up doing massage therapy. And of course everybody starts out, you work at, you know, chiropractors, offices, spas, um, whatnot. And I always had a combination of working for other people and then having like a private practice, of course, was someday building that up. But you know, here I am brand new, I'm brand new out of school. So I wasn't thinking that I would be completely on my own. I wanted to see kind of what was out there and experience, have more experiences. Um, with different things. So but it was always ingrained that it wasn't like, oh, okay, yeah, work for these other people. We'll, we'll start to help, you know, help you build up your practice. It was always kind of like, no, you should get a paycheck. You should get a paycheck, and, you know, of doing something completely different. And I was like, but this is what I went to school for. You know, somebody, you know, I had schooling paid for to do this. Why would I, and not that I was opposed to ever doing something else, and I have and had done other things um, along the way. But, you know, especially back then, before the massage envies and whatnot started to come around, we got paid decent at spas, most of them, back in that time. That was like 2001, too. You know, so the, the pay was decent. Um, so that it wasn't like there was a problem there, but it was weird that there was always like, well, you should have this. Um, and it was never an option. And that was kind of a, that was a bit huge bummer, um, to me to not have that support and to be told, you know, what you, what is in your heart is not good enough. And of course he liked my massages. I would give him massages and he's like, oh yeah, these are so great, you know, and he valued them. Um, but somehow it just wasn't quite good enough. Um, and then another time, so when we were still living in Montrose, so we were in Montrose for five years, he said to me one time, I was wanting to come back to California for the holidays to celebrate with my family. And he said, um, why do you need to go be with your family? Because I believe he was going to stay behind to work. Um, shouldn't I be enough? And I was like, what? Like, what? Who says that to somebody? Like, you're not my mom. You, how can you compare with somebody's mom? Let alone, you know, siblings and, you know, nephews, nieces, etc., cousins. What? To me, that was just absolute bonkers. 
And, you know, so at that time, I think I did end up going, I can't remember. There was, during that time period, there was sometimes I went and sometimes I stayed. But I started to have, I started to get depressed being in the small town was really hard for me with nobody I knew it you know it's pretty out pretty outgoing person and pretty friendly when I um, get out amongst people but it was just uh, not clicking totally and there was a lot of depression that came I developed eczema so if, if you don't know what that is it's just a rash that comes on your skin that feels like there's needles coming up from under your skin that itch like there's no tomorrow and I remember being at the restaurant in the in the kitchen and the front of the house staff was standing around me because I was going to bartend that night and I, you could see the hives like growing up the side of my neck and they're like Carrie you got to go home <laughs> like you you can't have these huge welts on your neck um just appearing you know as we're standing here um but again, you know, it was, here we were then about six years in, I thought there was something wrong with me. You know, I thought there was something wrong with who I was. I wasn't, I didn't have the right career. You know, my credit was terrible, even though it wasn't. I mean, just all these things that it wasn't like, there wasn't a, okay, let's, let's make this work um, in this way because, you know, there's always, there's always, I, I feel like infinite possibilities. And I've said this before, and there wasn't that. There wasn't that with him, with me, with what I was going to do. And it was blatant attacks. And it, and it got to the point where, and there was never any physical abuse. It was all uh, mental and emotional. There was one time, or this has started to be the pattern, and I even noticed it like after we had broken up and like I had called to, I don't know, get a piece of furniture, or he was watching the cats still because I hadn't gotten the, the new place yet. I was waiting to move in or whatever it was. And whatever I said, he didn't like. And so then I reiterated, I said, no, 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 it's like this, you know, and instead of going, you know, this is what I need to have happen, or this is what I need to have done. You know, it wasn't like there was any listening going on to my feelings or what I my needs were. And he would always turn around and say, Oh, but look how you're talking to me. You know, so it was always like, there was never anything there was never any focus on, oh, wait, you're not feeling great about this. Okay, let's look into why you're not feeling good or let's try another way. It was just like, oh, look how you're talking to me. You know, it's like I could never have a reaction. You know, I had to be this kind of like neutral or if I wasn't, then it was like, oh, you're too sad or you're too excited or you're too upset or you're too something, um, you know, and that over years makes you feel cuckoo. And I remember one of the well let's back up a little bit so maybe a year and a half two years let's say about two years before we broke up um completely separated we were out having breakfast or something on a weekend and i this was the first of two or three three i think 
of um, blackout anxiety attack where we would just be sitting there and he said I would just start talk, like talking in gibberish. I, I'd say the same thing over and over again. And when I would come to, I would start to cry because I knew I wasn't aware of what was going on, but I knew it wasn't, I knew it was scary and I knew I was having an anxiety attack after I kind of came to. And so that was really scary to have happen. Um, so eczema, depression, and anxiety attacks all came <laughs> with my time with a narcissist. Um, again, this is considered, um, I've heard this term like covert narcissism. So it's not super, you know, blatant. It's not like he's um, hitting me um, in front of our couple friends or, um, you know, telling me to go change that that top it go put it on another top in front of people you know it wasn't like that it was always kind of behind the scenes and it was always um you know he should be enough for what i i need in life and you know i couldn't even i couldn't have a a different feeling you know or tell him something didn't feel right without him getting upset um and so that's what, and I wanted you to know kind of like, okay, these subtleties really add up, right? Because it's day in and day out. It's like, want to go to um, get sushi for dinner? Oh no, I want Mexican food for dinner. Oh, okay. You know, like it, there was, it, and that's something so minor and, and whatever, right? But I'm just saying it's, it's that little, right? There, there was always a, disconnect with with what your needs are or what your wants are and what your truth is and so I think that's something to keep in mind when you're um, assessing if, you, if maybe this is something you've already explored um, in your head or even with you know your significant other or maybe you've started talking to friends or a family member about it um, but it can be very 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 subtle and so right before we had broken up or we had, I think we might've been separated, but still living in the same home. Um, I took on a position um, selling doTERRA oils and the gal that was my upline. So kind of, I guess like a boss um, wasn't not very empathetic and so this is a small this is kind of like a co-worker boss kind of situation was not very empathetic to my position of okay i'm moving out of the home um i've been in for the past well, however many years you know with my boyfriend partner i'm uh, moving on from this life i've had with him for 14 years you know um so everything's new and it was um i was really having a hard time finding the right place even though I had had a, I did have a paycheck job and my practice on the side um, at the time. So financially, I was actually pretty secure, but still having a hard time. And I was house sitting for the neighbors um, for like a month. And uh, she met me at the house to go over stuff, right? I don't know, go over whatever we were talking about. And she, the minute she got into the house, she started, um, making fun of and putting down like the decor and things like that. And I just, my mouth just dropped like, 
who who are you to to make fun of somebody's home you know and i happen to think these folks had great taste i loved i wish i could have decorated as they did um so i just thought gosh how rude and we had sat down i believe it was that time or maybe it was another time it might have been that same time and you know i told her i had been telling her before i said you know i'm really having a hard time keeping up because it, there's just it's too much trying to move and do everything else and have the full-time job in the prep me and my practice on the side so maybe i could take a back step if i need to take a back step we, i can do that you know let's do it so instead of listening to me when I told her this, right, where I was at, she set me down and said, you know, your lack of business, the, the lack of no business that you're bringing in is affecting my bonus. And I thought, wow, wow, I am going through one of the hardest things that a person can go through in a lifetime, right? A breakup, moving, and you're going to sit there and tell me I'm affecting your bonus. Wow, wow good good on you um and i happened to meet the upline of this upline um and she was 10 times worse and i thought oh you know i am out <laughs> and i'm not saying that's going to be every uh mlm situation this has just happened to be another narcissistic person that i came across in the wake of this breakup of being with a narcissist for so long um and, and again, and here's what it looks like as a friend. Um, I, about a year and a half after, so now we're going from the boyfriend, coworker, boss, to a friend, narcissistic behaviors and how this looks. So about a year and a half after um, the breakup, I started to date and I dated a guy for about three months and then we broke up. Um, and, but it was kind of hard because I, I think I was, used to being in a relationship at that point you know i was used to that boyfriend girlfriend dynamic um, i mean that's what i had been in for a decade and a half you know all through my 30s and so um i met this uh new friend i'm gonna call her nancy um i'm changing names just because i i just feel better about doing that um in this situation and so i met nancy and we instantly bonded because we had both been going through these breakups and we were extremely supportive of each other like we did all the things together like went to concerts met for happy hour just you know all that kind of thing that really makes the difference when you're trying to get over um somebody even the, even if you don't want to be with them anymore um you know that transition still can take some time um and all the energetics that are attached to all of that well, you know, I didn't really get, at the time, a lot of, what's the word? I didn't get a lot of, of things that would point to narcissism when I first met this gal. Um, there was a lot of, like, you know, compliment bombing a little bit, you know, um, but nothing alarming. It wasn't like it, I ever felt uncomfortable. Um, you know, there was again, mainly just support. Um, then I began to receive, um, and I forget, maybe this is about a year, year and a half after we had met. Um, and I, I would get text responses from her that would trigger 
and make me feel like I did when I was um, interacting with um, my partner of 14 years in the, the narcissistic ways that he did. And, you know, I felt like that, what the, what the heck in confusion, like I felt with him. And um, I remember telling me one time, like I should, how I should feel um, about something and not listening. You know, if I said, hey, you know, this isn't really working out um, or this isn't really going to work today for me. Um, there wasn't a lot of um, empathy. So I started to feel that lack of empathy of where I was at, you know, and even like, like we would make plans. And if I couldn't meet at a certain time or like sometimes I had clients that would go over, um, just be a little bit longer than expected. And even with a text of saying, hey, you know, I'm running late because of this or that, there was no empathy for my circumstances. It was always like, what's wrong with you? You're making me wait. Or, you know, here I am. What am I going to do? Um, I'm not going to go in unless you're, you know, there. And it's like, well, it's not going to be that long. I think you're, you'll be okay. Um, so I started to pull away and not hang out with said friend, Nancy, um, so much. Um, and I had started to, at that time, go through my dark night of the soul, ego, soul journey. And I just needed to have people around me that were extremely empathetic and could hold space for me, no matter if I was having a good day or a crap day. Um, and, but we would see, still see each other now and again. Um, and it was fine for the most part. I remember being a little irritated with her kid than I had ever had been. But, you know, she was starting to even show narcissistic tendencies, right? Um, and the event that actually ended our friendship for good um, was I, what I call the camping trip from hell, um, where, you know... I was getting thrown under the bus and having backhanded compliments and or extremely negative things said about me to my face in front of other people, um, like the whole time. And then there was no like, oh, let's remember those fun times that we had. Because again, like I said, we had some really, really fun times, Red Rocks, you know, things like that. It was always like something negative. Um, and there was a focus on the negative. And when she would tell stories, it was all stories about her. Um, you know, which I love a good story. So if somebody's telling me a story about stuff, uh, cool, you know. Uh, but they were all like that. And this camping trip from hell um, started pretty hellishly right away. I got there before everybody else. This is my going away camping trip from Colorado that I lived in Colorado for 15 years and I'm moving because I closed my practice. I had to close my practice because of COVID. And then I decided to move to be closer to family. And so this was my going away camping trip. And I almost went to a hot springs that was open because there wasn't a lot that were open at the time. And I, you know, hindsight is 2020, but who knew this place was going to be so hellish, but it started off pretty bad. I got there on a Thursday and it was a group camp spot and it was just me for that first, you know, day and night. And so here's just my, my one lonely car at this little camp area and people kept coming through my camp spot to get to the lake. And at one point a ranger just happened to be like driving by and she stopped and just was chatting with me and somebody had come through, come through the camp spot and she's like, 
well, and she looked at the person, she's like, what are you doing? She, the gal's like, well, I'm getting to the lake. She's like, there's a path. You know, there's well-marked paths on either side of the camp spot. And the gal's like, well, oh, I just thought I'd walk through. And the gal's like, and the ranger was like, through somebody's camping spot? Like, do you walk always through somebody's camping spot, right? So that's how it started off of, you know, like, you know, you just doze off. You know, I had my camp chair. I think I had my anti-gravity chair. So I was able to like just really lay back and doze off, you know, and then just have that. Oh, so here comes somebody, you know, coming through or parking, you know, wanting to park, you know, like day park at your camping spot. Um, so it was a little stressful. And plus, I was already stressed. It was COVID. You know, it was July. What March was when we had COVID happen. And I didn't know what the future held. I mean, I didn't have the thing that defined me as that's my business is who I am. You know, that is 100% me. So I didn't have that. You know, I didn't have my income. It was just it was such a uh, it was such a I just remember feeling so incredibly stressed, so incredibly stressed, like uh, I just feel like everything I kind of touched during that time too there was like this you know oh, oh, um because I, I just didn't know what was going to happen um and you know also worried about is somebody going to get sick am i going to get sick or my is my family you know all the things that run through your head so it's just I, mean, I think we've all been stressed through this so i felt very stressed it wasn't relaxing there were these boy scouts from hell I'm not kidding. I mean, they were t terrible, terrible terrorists. And the, and the camp leaders for these Boy Scouts were absolutely awful. They wanted to come through uh, the camp spot with not one, not two, but multiple rowboats, um, kayaks, canoes, and a barge. Like, they had a barge, and they actually ended up, like, uh, fastening it to the bottom of the lake at one, one little area, even though they could, again come right down that path and that's what it was for um but you know that was another part of this you know but it was irritating because you know you had to have these you know boys with their terrible attitudes and their leaders who were just as terrible i mean this is where these kids got these bad attitudes you know coming through your camp and and having to interact with them it was it was really stressful and it happened you know it was thursday through sunday trip and it happened twice um, during the trip and, you know, lo and behold, the Rangers had come and said, you listen, everybody is complaining about these, uh, these Boy Scouts and they've almost gotten kicked out like three times. And, you know, if we see them doing anything else, they're actually, we told them you guys are going to get kicked out. So it wasn't just me being irritated. They're coming through the camp spot. They were harassing other people or being loud or obnoxious, um, beyond what, you know, you would expect. So, um, so we're ca I'm camping and I'm there on Thursday. Um, I had three friends come, so there's four of us. The first friend showed up Friday night and the second friend showed up Saturday and then Nancy showed up. She was the last one to come a little bit later on Saturday afternoon. Um, so again, 
I had rented a paddleboard. So I had a paddleboard there um, with me and I rented it for the whole weekend because I figured everybody else would want to have a turn, but it was just me, which it's fine. It was my sanctuary every morning um, to, to paddle out. And when um, Nancy got there, um, you know, at first it seemed fine. Um, she likes water like I like water. So, you know, we'd kind of go get in the water. I'd be on the pedal board. She'd be on a raft and, you know, just chilling. And I remember sitting there. I think she had said something before we had got in. Um, I think she had said something in front of everybody else. Like, you know, the Boy Scouts had come back again because, you know, we had told her um, the whole scenario uh, because the the one first friend that had got there Friday and I had seen some of it already. And so, yeah, I was like, yeah, it's stressing me out. And I was like, oh, here they come again. You know, I'm just not going to, you know, let it completely, you know, stress me out. Maybe we can just go get on the water. And she'd say things like, well, I'm just so proud of you for not getting upset. And it was just condescending, like really condescending to have somebody say that instead of, yeah, let's just go get in the water. Let's just go float, you know, being your friend. And so we ended up actually going and floating and I can't remember what was going on, but the energy was so we the energy was so swirly. I, I think that's it's swirly in my brain felt like it was under a fog. We were sitting out there and she started talking about something and saying something to me. But I remember sitting on my paddleboard and just paddling away to the other side of the lake. Like I didn't just like paddle and like, all right. In the middle of whatever she was saying, I started to paddle towards the other side of the lake. And I was just like, why am I paddling away from my friends, from my going away party? This is absurd. And it was so strange. And I remember I felt like crying. I might have even cried out there. I'm, I, I get really sensitive and sometimes I just will cry a little bit and, you know, get something out of the way or um, get a little frustration out that way. Um, but I came back and, you know, I, I had told her, you know, um, I don't know why, but I feel weird. You know, I got back and my other friends were like, well, what's going on? And the other two, thank goodness, are empathetic, ex you know, extremely empathetic and, you know, have, have, you know, been around people and are used to holding space. And one gal said, you know, well, what can we do to help make you feel 10% better? And I was like, oh, well, maybe, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, making dinner. I don't know what it was, you know. And the other one was like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever you need, let us know. And I was like, maybe I should leave. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, like I was, it felt so strange that I wanted to get up and leave because this Nancy kept saying backhanded compliments, um, putting me down. Um, there was nothing ever nice said about me. And it was just like, oh, Carrie did this or Carrie did that. And, um, but she's such a good person. Like she would say something crappy and say, but she's such a good person. And it was so awkward and weird. And again, like I didn't expect that because this is one of the people that came to my going away party. I think I invited like three other friends, right? So I was only inviting people that I felt close to um, or I felt were a part of an inner circle of mine, like I could trust them. And 
oh, we spent a lot of time together and I wanted to have this time to say goodbye. And so I was in such a state of what is going on. Cooking the dinner that night was really strange. It was like nothing I brought was to be cooked. And I had told Nancy, I said, because she was really broke and I had been getting unemployment, even though I had no, uh, I didn't have my practice, I was getting unemployment. I said, listen, I went to the grocery store, I've got all this food, I've got chicken, I, you know, I got stuff she, I knew she liked. Just come, you could eat, you know, help me eat this chicken and then, you know, things like that. You don't want to like have a lot of leftover food on a camp trip, especially because this this camping spot, they didn't even have extra ice. It was just so awkward. Um, so there was all kinds of things like that and, and just feeling so strange. And I had said, you know, I felt so weird that before we had started to cook dinner and, and I was like, okay, well, what can we do to like help make you feel like a little bit better so that you don't leave, you know? And, um, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll start to just, you know, calm down. Maybe I'll, you know, I think I might've even got back out on the water, but none of my food was to be cooked. And I thought that was so strange. And, but before that happened, I was like, well, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be acting like a shithead. Like I actually called myself a name, you know, cause I was so confused. And then as things kind of got heated before dinner got, and I was realizing none of my food was going to get cooked or be acknowledged. And I just thought that was so strange. Um, she called me a shithead. She's like, well, why don't you just stop being a shithead? And I was like, what? Um, so, so then, you know, it was overtly, you know, like stuff was being said to me when just her and I were around and then stuff was being said to me, um, in front of the other two friends. Um, You know, that night, I don't know how it got calmed down, but I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to leave my own party. So I ended up cooking some of my food um, that I brought and, um, you know, we watched the stars and had a, a decent night. Maybe there was some, you know, s'mores or something. Oh, we couldn't have a fire. How did we make, I can't even remember. It was such a weird time. It was such a strange camping trip. So the next morning, um, you know, we all wake up and starting to get ready and talk about, well, let's have some breakfast. I had gone on my paddle. I would, that was the one saving thing about this camping trip is I would paddle out on that lake every morning with my coffee and my water, like seven o'clock in the morning. And there was an eagle that would hang out. And that was, so magical that like was my favorite hands down part of the trip um but she said she announced that she had brought three breakfast burritos from Santiago's and I said oh well there's four of us and she's like oh yeah but you know I know you can't have wheat flour and I said okay hmm it, you know in, in my head I'm thinking wow it feels great to be thought of like you know, it's one thing if you brought yourself something because you want to make sure you're fed and you have a certain thing you want to eat. But to bring something for everybody else there but the one person that it's their going away party. So I was just like, huh. So her and I had walked up towards um, the upper camping spot to get the coffee press. And I said to her, I said, listen, you know, that kind of made me feel really left out. You know, it made me feel kind of really bad. 
and she looked at, she stopped and looked at me and said, um, she doesn't need this shit right now. She doesn't need this shit right now. She's got too much going on in her life. She can't be bothered with the fact that my feelings got hurt, that I was left out in a breakfast, you know, thinking about breakfast. And so that ended our friendship. Um, which, you know, at that point, pfft, goodbye. You've been here less than 24 hours and you've been a holy terror. So, you know, yeah, bye. <laughs> bye. Um, but that's what it would look like in a friendship. You know, somebody who who agrees if somebody says, oh, yeah, that person's so nice or they're so kind and they do a lot of kind things. But then, you know, in the next breath, you know, throws you under the bus for something. Um oh yeah, but this or that, um, you know, somehow twist it so that there's, it sounds like there's something majorly wrong with you. Um, so that's some examples of what narcissistic behavior looks like. It's, listen, it, it, I think we downplay it a lot when we're in it and we're having it done. And like, I can't, like, I think when I felt like my brain was in a fog, um, in, uh, on the camping trip it's almost like that sense of i can't believe this is happening by somebody i consider a friend you know why would somebody go to that those lengths to be unkind it to you know here i was thinking i was just trying to show this person kindness come i'll feed you um you know uh i just want to be able to say goodbye we're in the middle of this pandemic and I want to be able to say goodbye and have one last little hurrah before I move um, out of state. So um, it's it's really unfortunate, but it is also something that we will all probably experience in some level in our lives. So just please know you're not alone if you're going through something and if you're feeling bad. And, um, you know, if somebody makes you feel bad for getting upset, sad, mad, doesn't matter. You are always valid to feel a certain way. If somebody says, you know, um, I'd like to have, um, you know, I'd like to meet up and, you know, go to uh, the park. And you're like, oh, no, no, I can't. The park doesn't sound like it's too far. You know, I need to go. So, well, why do you want to go there? You know, just that arguing, um, making you feel like you can't have a reaction to something. If you're like, whoa, you know, this is, you know, somebody starts laying too much information on you or too much, you know, like, hold on, you know, I need to catch up. Let me catch my breath. What's wrong with you? Why do you need to catch your breath? You know, oh my God, you know, <laughs> like, I'm just letting you know where I'm at. I'm just communicating so that we can have, you know, this interaction that's going to be beneficial to the, the both of us and that we can um, communicate both of our needs, right? Because it's when you're in a relationship of any kind, there's, you know, your needs and the other person's needs. So please just know you're not alone. Um, don't, you know, if somebody's making you feel bad, Step away for a little bit. Go stay with a friend. Go stay with a family member. See how it feels different to not be in that environment so that you could start to say, does this, is this a kind of situation I need to be in? Um, 
And, and you'll start to really notice it. You know, like I said, I would notice it. I'd go into a, a place of business and notice the gal at the front desk, you know, was pulling some narcissistic tendencies or, um, you know, other, other people I would come into not so much of a close contact, right? It wasn't like daily, um, but I would come into contact with. And you just start to notice, you're like, oh, man, you know, because it brings you back to that feeling of, why is that person making me, why, why is this person putting me, me down, basically? Or, you know, uh, acting like what I'm telling them isn't actually valid or my truth isn't valid. So you're not alone. Um, it's unfortunate to have to be around um, narcissists um, because, again, they're going to manipulate they're not going to have a lot of empathy and they gaslight um, like there is no tomorrow. And those are some of the main traits. There's a lot of other ones too, um, you know, varying degrees. And there's varying degrees of narcissists. You know, there's like the covert that's kind of subtle and overt, which is, you know, outwardly. And then there's like the, I think they call it a malignant narcissist psychopath, right? So that's like on a psychopath, like um, Ted Bundy, I think is uh, considered a malignant narcissist right so that extreme um but it doesn't feel good it just does i don't know what else to say it just doesn't feel good and i don't think anybody should have to endure that for long um <laughs> and hopefully be able to notice the patterns that come up and hopefully this by me telling you these stories of what it was like to go through it and how i processed it and, you know a lot of times i think there's something wrong with us and you know here i get anxiety depression and uh, eczema, right? So I took it on into my physical being because I was trying to figure out what was I doing wrong? How was I missing it? You know, I because I wasn't being able to see it at the time. I was balls deep. Balls deep. So if you would like to um, delve into this further, um, you're welcome to reach out to me at ancientbodyworks.co. Uh, again, I know what you're going through and I have an extreme amount of empathy for anybody that's uh, going through this and I know that somebody, if they do see themselves as a narcissist, I know there's lots of um, good therapists out there that focus on, or that's their focus, is helping somebody um, get away from those tendencies to those tendencies, which is, which is, um, cool. But if, um, you know, and this can really start. So somebody who does have the narcissistic tendencies, it does really start in a generational cycle. So it, that, you know, it's been noted that it comes through genetics. So, you know, there we got that, that generational cycle. So the Akashic comes in right there. And if you would, um, like to reach out i have a facebook page too called the infinite dance where i um, i do little check-ins and it's a place safe a safe place to share all things that are going on um in your life and i also do um guided akashic meditations every wednesday morning at 9 30 a.m pacific standard time um you can reach out to me i'll add the links in the information um and I'll send you a Zoom link if that's something you would like. And 
continue to peel back the layers, ask questions, <laughs> ask so, so many questions. You can't ask enough. I had somebody I was interacting with on Facebook and we were having a nice conversation and he was curious about what I had written and he's like, oh, I hope, you know, he wrote a, a kind of a long response. And he's like, oh, I hope I didn't ask too many questions. And I'm like, no, you can never ask enough questions. Um, to me, that's, that's a critical thinker. That's a, um, right, a curiosity, uh, always a curiosity to the infinite possibilities. Uh, keep um, asking yourselves and others, may I have this dance?